welcome to another episode of Shades Midweek, a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. We are recording this episode inside of Four Stream Studios, and I'm here with my good friends Jonathan and Brad. How's it going, guys? It's going fantastic. Feels a little strange today, because we're here to record an Advent episode, and... Thanksgiving hasn't even happened yet. Right. That's right. We're having to do it early because obviously some of us will be on vacation next week and such for Thanksgiving. And we don't know if there's a time where all of our schedules will align for us to be able to record an ep. So we're recording it mid-November right here, trying to get in the Advent spirit, as it were, which raises an interesting cultural question, Brad. What's that, Jonathan? Is it appropriate? There, are, there seems to be a really stark divide between people who believe it is completely and totally appropriate to enter into all things Christmas before Thanksgiving. Some might even say before Halloween. And there are others who believe it is absolutely, it should be illegal, should be punishable by law to even mention Christmas until after Thanksgiving has concluded. Mm. You gentlemen have strong feelings about this? I would love to hear JM's thoughts on this. <laughs> well, it's funny you bring that up because over the weekend, a lot of our neighbors on our streets started putting Christmas decorations oh, oh, outside. Oh, they're making a statement. And they made us feel guilty because we had not put up any decorations yet. And Ashley came down on a hard stance and basically said, well, Thanksgiving hasn't happened yet. She put a turkey uh, in your yard. Okay. So I don't think we're going to put up any Christmas decorations yet. So I don't know. And and there's also this argument that I just heard recently that's in favor of celebrating Christmas before Thanksgiving. And, and check this out. I had never really thought about it like this before. But post-Halloween, the argument is that the entire season of Christmas, it is a season that Thanksgiving is just a part of that Christmas season. Wow. And that Christmas lasts post, like immediately post-Halloween all the way through December 25th. So Who? by the time Thanksgiving comes around, you're supposed to be in the Christmas spirit Who's already. making this argument? Macy's. Re- I was about to say retailers. <laughs> retailers are making this argument. Nobody so else is making uh, this argument. I found that convicting, so I don't know where I stand on it right now. No, I, I'm well, open. I'm open to hear some arguments. Well, see, I'm conflicted in this whole deal because yeah. I would say, like, like for me, Chris, quote unquote, Christmas season. Like, if mm. you take it outside of the religious context, it's like consumer season. Like, like what what does it exist for other than like to start promoting, you know, shopping specials and things like that. And, and whatever are you talking about? And, Jonathan? and my thing is like within the Christian context, like we have a well-defined beginning to the season. It's, it's Advent. True. It's true. It's Advent. You know. And so, so I am on the one. I say I'm conflicted because on the one hand, I'm like, well, the quote-unquote Christmas season begins with Advent. If you want to get really technical with the church calendar here, uh, the <laughs> Christmas season begins with Christmas, December twenty-fifth, people, right. and then moves right. forward with Christmas tide. Right. But that's a whole other thing. Advent is the season Christmas. that leads yeah. up to it. Twelve days of Christmas. <laughs> yes, which most people think are the twelve days before Christmas that right. lead up to Christmas. It's which not, is not wrong. It's not. We're starting out this you're episode wrong. by dropping a bomb. Listen, <laughs> you're all Controversy! wrong. Controversy. <laughs> um, but anyway, um. So, sorry, all that I could think of now is the 12 Days of Christmas office episode where Andy keeps <laughs> buying Aaron all the different... And there's so many birds! It just, yes. it just goes so, so wrong. It's just a lot of birds. That's Why would really. you do this? <laughs> uh, That's good. Yeah, you know, I was reading an article in the New York Times... <laughs> And it was He's a, being serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a transition. I feel like it, it segues well. I was reading an article in the New York Times about an Anglican priest and her family kind of counterculturally uh, celebrates Advent, doesn't put up Christmas decorations until Christmas? December. Yeah, until December 25th. And then they se- try to celebrate Christmas through like feasting and other means uh, for the 12 days after Christmas. And the- I'm like, wow, that's really awesome. That's very, that's a very hard thing to do, just culturally speaking. Right. There are very few people, you can still find them, but there are very few people who like their Christmas tradition is to purchase their Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. Yeah, and to that, decorate it. That's where that. I, I've but, got but, wait, 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 wait. That's where that comes Wait, John Mark. <laughs> All I'm saying, all I'm saying is that that's where that comes from, though. 
it yes. comes from yeah, they, Christmas <laughs> Day being the beginning of Christmas Tide, Christmas season. So. Yeah, yeah. Don't they no, do totally. that in in the movie A Christmas Story? I think they buy their tree on Christmas Eve and decorate it and light the star and all that stuff oh. on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I, I have a confession. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah, Christmas yeah. Story. Sorry, yeah, I was Christmas thinking, Story. I was thinking of a different Christmas movie. <laughs> oh, which one? Which one? Which Christmas movie? It was one that I was going to admit that I'd never actually seen. Okay, go go on. No, I don't want to. <laughs> Christmas <laughs> now, Vacation. Now that I don't have to admit it, that I'm was not my going to Christmas admit Vacation. It. So anyway, <laughs> moving on. He won't answer my question. We'll we'll uh, revisit this in we, a later we episode. Do. We do exactly. Hey, we watch a lot of Christmas movies at my house. We try actually. It's it's the only time of year where during the Advent season we almost do a Christmas movie per night. Mm. We don't pull it off like and there. It's never like twenty five movies viewed, but almost more more evenings than not we we watch a Christmas movie together. Yeah, yeah. we do too. Enjoy so it. anyway. Earlier, I was saying that I'm conflicted because I have this yes. this hard like, you know, start to the season with Advent. But I personally have to do certain things uh, early because of the nature of like what we do. So obviously, I can't wait until the Advent season begins to begin thinking about well, what are we gonna do for like an Advent devotional at Shades, or what's the Advent series gonna be, or or even songs. Like people walk into my office in October, you know, and hear me playing Christmas music, and they make fun of me relentlessly. I think John Mark did that one and time. I, yeah. Well, I'm like, I can't wait, you know, until December to try and listen to this music and decide. You know, are there new songs we're going to try to play or something? You know, makes sense. So it's it. I tell people, I'm like, do you know when Christmas albums get recorded? Christmas? It, it's not at Christmas. Christmas Day. It's in the middle of the stinking <laughs> on Christmas summer. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's true. Well, this has all just been a great giant segue to what we are going to talk about. Yes, it is. But before we do that, don't we want to hear JM's album oh of the week? Oh, my goodness. Ooh, JM's album of the week. We yes. don't want to save that to the end. Here's a mind-bending time travel thing for you right here. This is JM's second album of the week. But when you hear it, it will be his third wow. album of the week because <laughs> there's an episode that's going to drop yep. before this one. This is getting weird. It's getting weird. This, yep. Our podcast is produced by Christopher Nolan, by the way. Just <laughs> right. <I'm> just <laughs> This is actually, we're going to take this entire conversation and put it at the end of this week's episode. John Mark, we're going to go through time? the conversation backwards. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought uh, for this week, for JM's album of the week, I thought since we were talking about Advent and Christmas that I would give uh, one of my favorite Christmas albums. Uh, so sounds, you can you can spin this all week. That sounds lovely. Vince Guaraldi Trio, the Charlie Brown Christmas a soundtrack. It's amazing. If you've mm. never seen Charlie Brown Christmas, it's awesome. And the soundtrack, it's this uh, jazz trio. I own it on vinyl. I think Jonathan owns it on vinyl as well. Just I do too. Do you, Brad? Yeah, if anyone's <laughs> curious, okay. I just, you know. <laughs> yeah. You feel, like feeling left out, Brad? Yeah, just a little bit. Okay, so we all own it on vinyl, <laughs> but yeah. you can listen to it on Apple Music and Spotify. I highly recommend it. And then here's a bonus uh, feature to B- this week's James wow. album of the week. There is a SVCC Advent hymnal, and that's available on Apple Music and Spotify. This is a compilation of songs that we like to listen to during Advent and songs that we will be playing on Sunday mornings during Advent as well. So please add that to your libraries on Apple Music and Spotify. Just search SVCC. Wait, SVCC Advent Hymnal. Yep. When when you said you can spin it all week, I don't know <laughs> why, but like just in my head, I just went like public radio voice talking. And this week on Thoughts for Your Thoughts, <laughs> spinning all week long, Vince Garaldi. <laughs> Garaldi. Garaldi. The Garaldi Trio. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Here's, Do you remember that from Parks and Rec? Thoughts Bomb. for Your Thoughts. All right, now that we've completely lost everyone. It's great. Yep. No, James yeah. Album of the Week. Love it. Yeah, we should have a song for that. James I'll come up with a little album jingle. Of the week. Yeah, a little jingle. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, now that we've uh, <laughs> lost everyone, John. It's fan- a weekly goal. <laughs> it's a weekly goal to lose. What are everyone. we talking about today, Jonathan? Uh, well, oddly enough, we're going to talk about Advent, um, <laughs> even though it's the middle of November. Um <laughs> 
It's a good thing to talk about. Yeah, we're we're about to start into the well. From your perspective, when you listen to this, we will be about to start into the Advent That's season. That's right. That's right. And uh, so I figured we could talk, just have a general episode about what is Advent, because it's great. Uh, at Shades specifically, people come from all sorts of uh, backgrounds, uh, Christian traditions. Um, some didn't grow up in any Christian tradition at all, and not everybody observed Advent. We do observe Advent at Shades, so maybe you have some questions about it. Maybe you don't go to Shades, but you've got questions about what this whole Advent season is. Mm. So yeah, we just thought we'd talk about all that in general. What is it? Why do we do it? How do we do it? All the things. All right. So first, to get us started, I actually thought I would ask you guys for a little of your own personal history. Um, Did you observe Advent growing up? Yes, so my Southern Baptist Church uh, celebrated Advent. It's really funny. In incredibly non-liturgical churches, if they get liturgical about anything, it's Advent. Well, I was joking. My church actually didn't celebrate <laughs> Advent. You punk. You had me fooled. It was, it was, well, it was I, Christmas. I said that because the, the first uh, Baptist church that I worked in, like, not liturgical at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but... We did have a full-on hanging of the green service every year oh, in December, wow. like with a Christmas tree and all that. And all that comes out of liturgical backgrounds and yeah. observances. But mm-hmm. anyway, go ahead. Yeah, we did not. It was just Christmas. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Uh, yeah, same for me too. Did not celebrate. It was just Christmas. So, so you're not getting much from us. Here. Not not much from us. <laughs> so the only things I had, um, my family did have an Advent calendar. Oh, okay. uh, that we did personally as a family. Like, it wasn't a church thing, but it was this whole, like, every night you read, like, a devotional together, and, and there was this, it looked like a, a cardboard picture of the city of Bethlehem, and there were windows on buildings all over it. And so each night with each devotional, like on December 1st, you'd open this window, mm. and there would be something like like uh, a symbol that went with the story. And so it was a type of countdown That's cool. uh, to Christmas Day. But that was that was it. And I had no idea what the word Advent meant or yeah. anything like that. So, Right. All right. So since we just had an incredibly enlightening... Uh, <laughs> well, it's definitely a lot more common now. Right. No, I definitely... It seems that way. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I think that with our, um, with, with the younger generation specifically, even when you come from a more free church background, Baptist background, low church, whatever you want to call it, uh, there is a return to embracing a lot of uh, liturgical practices. And so mm-hmm. it is becoming more common in traditions where it wasn't necessarily common 30 years ago, you know? Mm. Yeah. So, so I do think that there is a growth in in interest in it. So, if so, you, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, if you came from a background like any of ours, you're probably wondering, all right, what is this thing, Advent? Well, Advent is it's a liturgical season. We've mentioned that uh, several times uh, at this point. Uh, the word liturgy literally just means work of the people. It puts an emphasis on how a congregation participates in the life of a church. So when you talk about having like liturgy involved in a worship service, it's how the congregation is participating in the flow of that service from the songs they sing to readings they say together, to prayers they pray together, to coming to the table, uh, your, your flow of your service, that's your liturgy that you're working through. But not only do your, your churches that really embrace liturgy, not only do they have a liturgy, for their Sunday worship of here's kind of what we do, how we work through the service, mm-hmm. they have a liturgy for the entire year. Uh, and it's it's just referred to as the church calendar. And just like the worship service has a set liturgy that's meant to form us, shape us, teach us, the church calendar is meant to do the same thing. It's this liturgy, it's a journey that you go on every year that's a teaching tool. It's meant to form you, shape you. And nearly everybody that uh, has any experience with a Christian community is at least aware of pieces of that church calendar, even if you're only aware of Christmas and Easter. Yeah, Easter. Yeah, and those are kind of like the anchor points, if you will, Mm -hmm. of, of the church calendar. But it's much bigger than that. So Easter has an entire season that leads up to it called Lent. Uh, Mm -hmm. Christmas has an entire season that leads up to it called Advent. 
And there are other specific days on the church calendar, but those are kind of the two big um, anchor points, if you will, pillars <laughs> of seasons throughout the, the course of the year. And, and the idea behind the church calendar is that it constantly walks us through the story that defines our existence. It constantly walks us through the gospel from the birth of Christ through his life and ministry to uh, the final week of his life and Holy Week uh, to his death, resurrection, ascension, Pentecost, um, all the way to his second coming. Mm. And so Advent, in a way, serves as the beginning and the end of the liturgical calendar each year. You can actually find debates uh, from people over whether or not Advent's the first season uh, of the church calendar or it's the last season of the church calendar. And that's because Mm. it actually does kind of both uh, because the season of Advent uh, focuses on both the first coming of Christ. Mm -hmm. So that's the event that begins this kind of liturgical journey through the year. Uh, But it also focuses on the second coming of Christ, Mm -hmm. which is the event that concludes uh, the liturgical journey. And I think people are less familiar with that second part as being an aspect of the season. Yeah. Yeah. So the the season of Advent, like Advent literally just as a word, uh, it means coming or appearing. Uh, for those who care, it's from the Latin Adventus, mm, uh, yes. which is the Latin translation of the Greek parousia. Mm. <laughs> the word parousia actually appears in your New Testament to describe specifically the second coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. You get around a bunch of theology nerds, seminarians, and they will refer to the second coming as uh, the parousia. Um, so that's the Advent, the Adventus, the coming. So the season of Advent is literally a season that looks forward to the coming of Christ. And it does that in one respect by building up to Christmas, a looking forward to his first coming. But it does that in another respect by looking forward to his second coming. We do these things simultaneously. I'll, I'll mm. talk about that a little bit more in just a second. But just to give some particulars, some practicals, I guess, of the season, uh, it's four weeks long. Uh, so basically you find Christmas Day on your calendar and you count backwards four Sundays because uh, you have four Sundays of Advent. And so that that's the season. So it does kind of shift a little bit. Sometimes your first Sunday of Advent will actually be the last Sunday of November. Um, sometimes the whole season's in December. It just kind of depends on where Christmas falls. Um, but yeah, so it's four weeks long. And it's four weeks specifically to symbolize the 400 years of waiting that the people of God did from the close of the Old Testament with Malachi to the incarnation of Christ. From about the time Malachi pins his prophecy, which is the last book of your Old Testament, and was the last one written uh, until Jesus is born, is about 400 years. And so you have this, this time period we call the intertestamental period, the time between the Old and New Testament, in which people are waiting, longing, looking for the coming of this promised Messiah, for the advent of the Messiah. Mm. So this season looks back at that. We remember how the people of God waited and longed and and hoped uh, for Christ to come. And, And what we celebrate each year is that Christ did come, that God was faithful to keep his promise that he gave to his people. And what this is meant to do, this looking back at God's faithfulness, is actually meant to empower us to look forward in faith. So in other words, we are very much living in a similar situation. It's not a one-to-one parallel, obviously, but a similar situation as to those who lived in the intertestamental period. Uh, They were waiting, longing for God to keep his promise to send his Christ and for his Christ to come. We're waiting, longing, praying, hoping for God to keep his promise for Christ's second advent, for Christ to come and to make all things new. Looking back at God's first promise in the first advent and his faithfulness to keep it stirs up faith in our looking forward that God will also keep his promise that he's made for Christ's second advent. Mm. So those are the ways in which the season looks backwards and looks forwards. Uh, That's kind of why the season has the the 
definition uh, 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 the, is defined by four weeks, defined as being a four-week season. Um, yeah. And so one of the things that I think is actually most interesting uh, about this, when you start to see it this way, is it redefines Advent and makes it very distinct from the secular version of what would be called the Christmas season. In other words, the Christmas season is really just an extension of what Christmas is. So Christmas is a celebration. And so the secular idea of a Christmas season is just an extended season of celebration, an extended season of happy feelings and whatever, all of that. Advent's very different. Advent is actually meant to be a season of waiting, a season of longing, a season of hoping, a season in which you sit in the silence where God has made promises and you're hoping that they will be answered, but it doesn't look like they are going to be answered. Mm. It's a season of silence. It's a season of darkness. Traditionally, it was a season of fasting. Um, Like we think of Lent as a season of fasting, but traditionally Advent was as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a season in which you you fasted and you longed and you prayed. Um, And so it it just, it kind of, it's very different from the consumeristic approach right. to Christmas. Yeah. Um, you know, I think putting Advent and Christmas next to Lent and Easter is helpful in kind of understanding how the seasons interact with one another. Mm. Um, that was helpful for me. But, I mean, it can be a challenge. Uh, I mean, I've experienced this in preaching as uh, I echo what Jonathan just said about the season as being a season of fasting, a season of repentance, a season where we stare into the darkness Meanwhile, like, we're putting up the tree, we're making Christmas cookies, we're watching, you know, It's a Wonderful Life. Like, it feels so warm and cheery. And then, like, no, kids, this is a season of fasting and repentance. You know, like, that and that can be a challenge to kind of distinguish Advent from Christmas. And I honestly don't have a solution to that. <laughs> um, but I think it's something kind of uh, worth thinking about is – Without, like, shaming or being a Scrooge around the season, like, how can we, um, as a church, enter into Advent and stare at the darkness, stare at the the harsh realities that we tend to shield ourselves from so that we are preparing ourselves not only for the celebration of Christmas, but the promise of the second coming. I think that's worth talking about. Well, you really sound like a big bah humbug over there. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, I I think it is incredibly difficult, and and it's a different type of challenge. Like, we don't experience that same challenge with Easter because there is no secular counterpart to uh, Lent. Like, right. whereas you have, like, this extended Christmas season that kind of counters Advent, Easter in the secularized version is really just a day. Right. You know, yeah. and, and maybe... It's got nothing on Santa. Yeah, maybe the yeah. week before that you get, like, a bunch of candy and, and bunnies and eggs and all that kind of stuff or <laughs> yeah. whatever. You know, but it's not, like, yeah. for six weeks. Right. Like, it's just, it's all the radio's just doing. Easter it's egg all- hunts every day. <laughs> For six weeks. So it's really hard. Pastels. I have found so many eggs. Pastels are everywhere. It's They're really, just everywhere. Really hard to talk to your Pastel kids about how lit is decorations, putting up Easter bunny inflatables in your yard. So, so it's not as hard. To talk to your kids about uh, Lent as no, this totally. season of fasting yeah. no, and, th- and such. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it is much more difficult, and not not to lay down a a law or a rule for everybody to follow. Right, right. But maybe, you know, I, I'll share just a few things that have been helpful for my family. Yeah, that's great. Um, and, and maybe they'll be helpful for you as you pray and think through um, how, how you know, you want to approach this. Um, so, first of all, my family has not tried to withdraw from culture and shut it out and pretend as if it doesn't exist. So in other words, every time that my children like, you know, want to watch a 
a Christmas movie or like we don't like take them to the mall and are like, now don't look at the Christmas decorations. <laughs> don't look at them. Season of fasting. <laughs> darkness. You are not allowed to enjoy those lights. Tear into the darkness. Don't, don't you feel warm and cheery right now? Um, yeah. yeah. No, we, we, we don't do that at all. Um, it's It's fine. But at the same time, we also try to not let all of that control uh, the narrative of the season. And I really think that the way that's primarily manifested is in our conversations mm-hmm. as a family. Mm-hmm. What do we talk about? How are we shaping the season? How, what, what do our conversations revolve around? What do our traditions revolve around? So I mentioned that we do, uh, that we watch a ton of Christmas movies, but it's not necessarily going to be every night. Uh, but what is going to happen every single day in one way or another is we are going to walk through an Advent devotional together. Um, mm. my, my kids and I, I actually got a, a new one for this year. It just came in. I'm really excited about it. Um, I, I would tell you exactly where to buy it, but I can't remember right now. But <laughs> they're called Advent blocks. I'm really excited. Anyway, but uh, but every night we sit down, we read Scripture, we talk about Advent, the season, what it means. Um, we talk about, we, we, I try to get my kids to reflect on the people waiting for Christ's first coming. Mm. Like, what would that have been like to have lived then, blah, 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 and then relate it to now and us looking forward to Christ's second coming. And so yeah. we really just try to sit in conversations into the themes of waiting, longing, hoping, the faithfulness of God. Uh, that tends to be what defines uh, most of our conversation um, mm. versus just constantly talking about lights and gifts and this, that, and the other, or whatnot. We don't ignore totally. those things, yeah, but we don't let those things control the the narrative. And that's been that's been helpful for us, you know, through throughout the years. Music is a huge help too, mm. um, because our, our kids. Our kids know all of the secular Christmas carols. It's like impossible not to, again, unless you're trying to like shut it out. But by far, they know more um, the the songs of the church and the hymns of the church. And um, this is what we sing together. Mm -hmm. This is what we talk about together. And a lot, there is a significant amount of Christmas music that really leans into the season of Advent really well. Yeah. O come, O come, Emmanuel, yeah. Ran- ransom captive Israel. Yes, that mourns and lonely, lonely exile, exile, yeah, lonely here. exile until here. the Son of God appears. Yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. yeah, even oh. reading those words together as a family. But yeah, even a lot then. of the songs of the church that uh, are about the day of Christmas itself, they don't all just strike this massive, crazy celebratory. Uh, tone they have a, a lot of uh, longing yeah in them. Uh, well and Jonathan I love what you said about reflecting on the past and looking to the future because as you're talking with your kids and your 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 family about um, the people of God waiting for him to come I mean there's just an immediate transition to we are those people and right. we're waiting in exile for the son of God to appear just like we want Jesus to come in his first coming, we want that in his second coming. We desire that. We long for that. You know, that's the posture that we live in. So I think those two connections from looking to the past, but then looking to the looking forward to a second coming can make Advent a very powerful season. Right. No, absolutely. And this is something that all parents naturally, I know I keep speaking from a parent to a child perspective, but that's my own context, you know, uh, for most of this, but this is applicable to all of us. Mm Mm-hmm. But, but for parents, like, we do this with our kids, with other things. When your kid lacks confidence in a particular situation, you naturally begin to reference things from the past to prove to them that, that you can be trusted in the midst of this. You know, they, they get anxious about, um, I don't know, an experience coming up, and you start talking to them about, like, think about situations like this before. Think about A, B, or C, or whatever. You know, what did Papa do in those situations? Mm-hmm. You know? Trust me, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to like like we do this. We look at the past in order and and faithfulness in the past in order to stir up faith uh, for the future. Yeah. And and that's what the entire shape of the season of Advent is is meant to to do. Yeah, you know. Um, and I think that really fortifies um 
for our children and for ourselves. It, it fortifies in us our our faith when we do experience the the hard moments of life, mm-hmm. when we do experience the deep pain of the fact that Christ has not come yet and and we are awaiting people and a longing people. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's a sense in which Christmas season, if you will, can train you to just cover up that pain. Right. And just ah, it's Christmas time, put on a smile, yeah. get the Christmas mentality on that. Yeah. Yeah. But Advent trains you to go, no, you are awaiting people. Things do hurt and are disjointed, but you have hope. Mm-hmm. And and that's something you can really root in and find real joy in. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe what we could do just for our last little bit here is talk about things you can actually do as a single, as a as a family, uh, with with roommates, things that you can act, practices you can embrace to enter into uh, the season of Advent together. So the season of Advent. It really revolves uh, around four primary themes, um, and and these themes, each one of them is given one of the four weeks of Advent. So these themes are hope, love, joy, and peace, and they all come together in Christ. Christ in his Advent, his coming, is to bring us hope. It is to bring the love of God. It is to bring ultimate joy. It is to bring ultimate peace all in Christ. And so week one revolves around the theme of hope. Week two, love. Week three, joy. Week four, peace. And there are a couple of ways that you can reflect on those things and really enter into, sit in the season of Advent. Uh, uh, Just to name a couple. uh, One is through the use of liturgical colors. Um, so the church historically has had various colors that are associated with particular seasons. And anytime you see those colors, it's supposed to remind you of the season you're in, what you're focused on, what, what you're being drawn to, all of those things. Well, traditionally, um, like, like all good things in the church, uh, the color for Advent is debated. Um, (laughs) it's either purple or blue. Um, and, uh, Purple uh, is the more kind of historic color, but churches use that less and less because purple is primarily associated with the season of Lent. So as a way to distinguish, most churches now use blue as the color, like a deep royal blue as mm. the color of Advent. And that's what we do here at Shades. You'll see a lot of blue. Uh, the The main color of our, our backdrop on our stage changes to this dark royal blue. Um, and blue is the color of hope. And so it's meant to remind you you're in a season of waiting, but it's a season of waiting that looks forward expectantly towards your hope, and your hope is in Christ. And so you can incorporate this into your own personal decorations if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there. This is one small, easy way to constantly put before you a reminder. You're, you're going to have constant reminders, uh, secular reminders, that you're in the Christmas season. And it's time to shop now and buy now, and all like that's going to just pour on to you. Right. Um, Got to get your wife something amazing. She's not going to love you. Got to get your kids <laughs> something amazing. They're not going to love you. So what's Michael Scott's line about gifts being just an incredible way to tell people, I love you this much with a dollar figure. <laughs> yeah, because he buys like the iPod. <laughs> he buys the iPod for Ryan. <laughs> I love you this many dollars worth yeah, or something that's, like yeah, that's that. Something like that. Um, oh, but yeah. So, I mean, incorporating uh, the liturgical color into your, your decorating can be a good reminder. Mm. Uh, there are literal decorations as well uh, that are meant to be Advent decorations. Um, so, for instance, some of you may have heard of what's called a Jesse tree. A Jesse tree is a think of a Christmas tree but you decorate it with specific decorations that uh, literally walk you through the story of redemption from Genesis to the incarnation of Christ, you know, one night at a time. Uh, it, it's kind of like a countdown thing like I was mentioning earlier. Like you read a devotional and then you have an ornament that goes with it and you hang it on the tree. Mm. And every time you see this tree, every time you see these uh, decorations, they're reminding you of the season that you're in. Uh, there's another tradition around a tree called a Chrismon tree. 
Um, I think you said Christmas tree wrong. Jonathan. No, no, I said Chris Mon. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you're That's still saying it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> a Chris Mon tree. Uh, and we actually have one of these here at Shades. We have a huge uh, tree that goes in the sanctuary, and it's a Chris Mon tree. It's defined because it's de- uh, as a Chris Mon tree because it's decorated with Chris Mons. Uh, Chris Mons are basically just Advent decorations. They're different symbols from the life of Christ um, that you, you use to decorate a tree, and it's supposed to remind you of... Um, that this is the Savior who we are looking forward to his coming. Mm. So there are different visual things like that that you can do um, that uh, will remind you of the season you're in and and draw you into its themes. But probably the one that most people are familiar with, uh, the one that kind of sits at the center of our celebration here at Shades, and we've really encouraged people to embrace, uh, is the use of an Advent wreath. Mm. Uh, an advent wreath um we have a big one that sits up on the the stage at, at shades and it it's kind of a way of centering yourself on a weekly basis orienting yourself to where you are in the season of advent orienting yourself around the theme that's being focused on and it's a way of counting down as well we do this as a church but you can do this as individuals in your homes as well um we we actually made Advent wreaths that we we were able to sell last year. Um, we're, we're not doing that this year. Um, this year you yeah, can buy Jonathan them. handmade three hundred <laughs> wreaths last year. Yeah, it was a little bit more overwhelming than and initially. Holly said that she is leaving the church. <laughs> if we they didn't have to do that we again. We didn't see Jonathan his for the children, entire month of November. His children were like <laughs> elves, just laboring day and night it's to really, make. Those Advent wreaths really funny. They did participate. No, um, that wasn't a joke. But uh, there's actually, I mean, you can find Advent wreaths. Uh, I mean, literally almost anywhere you can you can find them on Amazon, Lifeway, Christian bookstores. A uh, Christian book distributors is a huge uh, Christian online Christian bookstore. Uh, Hobby Lobby sells them. Uh, you can make one, um, or uh, or you can go to our local Catholic supply store. Yeah, uh, right I'll down the road. Them. They're very um, nice. Yeah, that's where I get the candles. So you can you can ecumenicism get <laughs> at its finest. So you can get a hold of an Advent wreath, um, pretty pretty much any anywhere you yeah. like to. But basically, what it is, um, is it's a wreath. Surprise, surprise. Uh, with four five candles technically, uh, four around the outside. Three of those are purple. One is a pink or a rose color, and then one in the center, um, that is. White. Uh, your purple candles can be blue as well. Okay. If you, if you'd Good like to they, know. They could be blue. Um, since we just talked about how that's the color we use. <laughs> oh. But so the, the wreath in and of itself is supposed to symbolically re- remind you of a couple of things. The, the circle of the wreath is meant to remind you of God himself, his eternity, his endless mercy. It has no beginning, no end. The green of the wreath, you know, an evergreen. I mean, the reason we use evergreens for any kind of decoration Christmas is, is to represent life and uh, eternal life. I, I, t- I talked to my kids about uh, our decorating of a Christmas tree this way. I'm like, why do we decorate a Christmas tree? And we talk about how Christ uh, literally decorated a tree with the beauty of his own blood. Uh, that we decorate the tree with lights because Christ is the light of the world. We use an evergreen because Christ, when he hung on a tree, he gave life to the world. So... Mm. Um, that's a heavy Christmas tree decorating <laughs> conversation. Kids, as you decorate the Christmas tree, we're going to have a conversation about how Christ decorated a tree with his blood. Jonathan, can you please have Holly videotape that when you share that with the kids? They because do. that is, I mean, that's so metal. I love it. It's really great. They embrace it. They really I do. I do like it. Seriously. They, they, they really do. Um, I, I just had to pause because I was trying to picture that scene I happening. I mean, Brad, you do realize that every Sunday uh, during our worship service, I, I do sit with my children and hold before them bread and juice and go, this is the body and blood of Jesus. Eat and drink this. <laughs> like, yeah, that feels more appropriate. Our faith is very metal. That's um, true. <laughs> I'm not against it. I them. mean, we've been in Revelation. It's, it's oh, pretty yeah. metal. Yeah, um, that's true. And it's great for Advent, as people can see in light of this conversation. <laughs> Anyway, second coming, evergreen, Start eternal nothing. life, yada yada. Okay, so that's that's that um, uh, the physical representation there. Then you've got the four candles uh, around the 
outer edge, and they represent the period of anticipation, the period of waiting. Each candle is for one of the four Sundays of Advent. Uh, you know, that four centuries, that symbolizes the four centuries of, of waiting. And each of these candles is named for the theme of the week. So the first candle is the hope candle. So uh, on the first Sunday of Advent, we light the hope candle and we reflect on the hope of the coming Messiah. The second candle is the candle of love. And so on the second week, we relight the first one and we light the second one and we reflect on how through Christ's coming, God's love entered into the world through his only begotten son. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. The third candle, that's the one that's rose in color. And it's different in color to symbolize that we're we're over the halfway point through the waiting, like our joy is near. Mm. You know, it's got that rose, that more celebratory color, and our, our joy is around the corner. And that's to remind ourselves our joy in Christ is around the corner. He is coming. Um, the fourth candle is the candle uh, of peace. Reminds us that it's through Jesus' coming alone that we have peace. And then the final candle, most people either light it, and that's the it's, it's the one in the center. It's white. It's the Christ candle. And most people either light that on Christmas Eve or they light it on Christmas Day to symbolize that Christ has come. Christmas is here, and it is this giant celebration. I, I've been for years now advocating that we need a midnight Christmas Eve service, so we light that Christ candle right at midnight and we ring in Christmas Day, but I can't get much support for this idea. Can't. I think it's great. I'm with you in spirit. <laughs> yeah, you could try it this year, Jonathan. <laughs> by, by myself. <laughs> See what happens. Um, Might get a good turnout. Yeah. You never know. But anyway, so that's what the candles represent. And and obviously we light them in service each week uh, as a part of our service here at Shades. But if you do this as a family, uh, so what my family actually does, so, some families will do it once a week. Like they'll sit down on that Sunday night and they will, maybe before dinner or after dinner, they'll light the candle for that week. They'll talk about what Advent means. That it means. This, this, this is just as demonstration. This is the conversation I have with my kids. Uh, we'll light the wreath and I'll say... Um, what season is it? Advent. What does Advent mean? They'll say coming. And whose coming are we looking forward to? We're looking forward to the coming of, of Jesus. I'll say yes. And this first candle, what does it represent? It represents hope. Why hope? And and, and that's just kind of we use the wreath itself to have this conversation. Um, and then uh, usually there's a devotional that goes along with it. We actually started last year publishing. Well, we, we've done some kind of devotional. But we started publishing last year a Shades devotional to go with the Advent wreath. We're going to publish right. another one of those this year. Yeesh. And, Written uh, from the body. <laughs> it, it is. From it is. the body. Yeah. And so it'll have a devotional you can read together. It will have a piece of artwork that you can look at and reflect on. And it will have a song suggestion that you will most likely be able to find on that uh SV- Advent playlist. The Advent hymnal. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, the Advent hymnal. We've really thought this through, guys. I'm <laughs> proud of us. It's so integrated and intuitive. It's like an Apple product. That's right. Um, <laughs> Wait for our app next year. Oh, yeah. my word. The Advent, Advent app. The Wreath app. <laughs> We're going to release it at our keynote on uh-huh. San Bernardino. <laughs> <laughs> really moving up. Um, but anyway, so... So some people will do that once a week as a family or with their roommates or, or who or with friends. They'll gather together and do that like on a Sunday evening or, or whatever night of the week. Uh, my family, because we do uh, an Advent journey, some type of Advent devotional every night, we actually light the candle every night. Mm. So during week one, every night we're lighting that first candle. During week two, it's the first and second candle and so forth and so on. Um, so it re- so the wreath sits at the center of our dining room table and it really becomes the center point for the season and it's being emphasized not just weekly but daily. So it really becomes the controlling uh, narrative mm. for the season uh, as as a whole. So so yeah, so that's kind of you know the the biggest way really uh, that most people have this physical, item that constantly reminds them of the season they're in and becomes the center point for leaning into that season, walking uh, through it, journeying through the season instead of just kind of um, giving in to the just the Christmas 
blah that, yeah. that, that surrounds you, but really getting to embrace and sit in the season of, of Advent. Yeah. Is there anything that either of you guys want to share? I'm sorry. I just feel like I just ran my mouth for forever. You did. Yeah. I, <laughs> is there anything that y'all want to share either about any of that or maybe things that you've found helpful in reflection or or your family does uh, going through the Advent season? Anything like that at all? Mm. Well, one of the things that came to mind for me that I think can help us enter into this Advent season of waiting and longing for Christ to come is a reminder that um, the church is a spiritual family Mm -hmm. and that the holidays mean for a lot of people gathering with their family. And that's not a warm, fuzzy, good experience. It's a nightmare. It's the nightmare before Christmas. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's good. That works, right? film. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it can be, you're the head of the team, zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry. I was just a joke in the middle of my very serious point, Jonathan. You're the one that brought up Tim Burton's. <laughs> just want to make sure the reference was still good. planted you know. in my head as a kid is the trailer for that. Where it's the scene where the parents ask the little kid, what's Santa bringing for Christmas? And the little kid turns around and out of the box pulls a head. It's horrifying. <laughs> it's horrifying. And that's just maybe, branded in my mind. Maybe it's one of the most Christ- Christian Christmas <laughs> movies. Hey, maybe that's a... Maybe we should do an episode on that movie. conversation take. for another day. Maybe get Chris Cargill in here. My, my, my. Ooh, oh, yeah. Thanks. He'd be all about it. All right, Brad, what was so, your serious comment you were making? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, it's easy as you're sitting at home. Uh, scrolling through your social media, seeing everyone's pictures to just think everyone's having a great time with the family. Um, But just to be mindful that this is a hard season for for so many and to reach out and to to check in with our brothers and sisters in Christ. How are you doing? How can I be praying for you? Um, Yeah, because it can be a hard season. So I think that's something to be mindful of and a way to enter into Advent and kind of that longing uh, expression. Yeah, and I think that there's a real opportunity. You know, you, you mentioned how for many people going to be with their physical family doesn't necessarily stir up warm fuzzies. Right. Um, But I think there's an opportunity to really enter into the season with your spiritual family. Exactly. There yeah. are so many ways that you can reach out to your brothers and sisters in Christ around you and invite them in to whatever you are doing. Uh for observance of the season of Advent. So I've known um, people within Shades, uh, singles, families, couples, to gather together on Sunday evening to do the Advent wreath and Advent devotional together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just became a part of their their weekly process. Uh, Holly and I, kind of by accident a couple of years ago, stumbled into this tradition of whenever we decorate our tree, uh, we intentionally try to invite almost all sorry almost makes it sound like there are people i intentionally leave out um we try to intentionally invite all the singles uh of shades um especially if they don't have family in town yes Um, so people who might be setting up a tree by themselves if they set one up at all or they're probably going to go home for christmas and the tree will already be up so they're not going to get to participate in that tradition we try to invite them over and we do a big christmas tree decorating party at our house now, we have been accused that this is so that Holly and I personally don't have to decorate our tree. Um. Sounds like it. <laughs> I, I went I to this. The, I put the lights on beforehand. <laughs> I put the lights on beforehand. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the, the most difficult yeah, part. Yeah, that's the hardest part. Yeah. Um, well, and back in the day, I went to this, and that's where Jordan and I started flirting for the first time. It wow. is true. She dropped an ornament. I gave her a hard time like a fifth grade boy, wow. you know, flirting by... Just ragging on the girl. That's what I did. Uh, he also, but here I am. He also definitely used my children as a ploy to try and look like he was very good with kids. Oh, yeah. Sure. Totally. Sure. T- totally Looks brought like, Talitha, I think it was, like yeah, up into Talitha. your lap to read her yep. a story. Read her a Christmas story. Oh, my word. Let me read you five stories. It was wonderful. <laughs> I love the church. Yep. <laughs> Let me pray for you. <laughs> but but anyway, but yeah. that, I, I don't say that to pat Holly and I on the back, and I don't even know if we'll get to do it this year with COVID and all of that. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, it's a great example. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just kind of get re- people thinking. Yeah, rethinking yeah. like 
what what you're doing you know um christmas eve is another way i know i've known of people at shades who after coming to the christmas eve service like do dinner together yeah you know um so just just different things uh, like that there's tons of opportunities to invite your faith family uh into this season to journey through it with you so we want to invite all of you to join in the joy of advent by sitting in the waiting in the longing uh we're going to do that specifically this season um by wrapping up Revelation, uh, talk about like sitting in the hope right. of the Advent, Christ's second Advent. I'm really yeah. excited about that as we finish yes. up that series. So that's all I got. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. And um, yeah, if you enjoyed that, uh, make sure to check out where you can get our Advent devotional. Those, those should be available at the church, we may also try to do a downloadable PDF if you're not yeah. able to uh, attend or come to the church physically. So definitely be on the lookout for that as well. Check out the hymnal playlist on Spotify and Apple Music. One last thing that just came to mind. We yeah. would love to hear from you uh, about what you do to yeah. observe Advent or things that have been helpful for you. Because um, because we're obviously we're just entering into the season, so we'd love to read some of those if, if people send those to us. Um, would have been helpful traditions for you. Would have been ideas of ways mm-hmm. that you've involved other people in the faith family. Um, yeah, anything like that. Email uh, midweek at shadesvalley.org. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that made me think of this too. Um, if you are sitting down with your family. Uh, during the season of Advent and you're reading your devotionals and you post those to social media, definitely tag Shades Valley. We'd love to repost it to our page and just let everybody within the church body see how people are celebrating Advent and doing that with their families and friends. Yeah, the cool thing about doing that, uh, right, it, 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 it's not so we can be like, ooh, look at how cool we are and all our people are participating in these things. No, but, it is, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's park that. Well, I, I was just saying it's, it's, it's actually a way – during this unique season in which we are so much more uh, isolated from one another, it's a way to feel connected and to see that you are participating in something that's larger than just you and your home. Like we, we did it at, at Easter, like as people yeah. walked through the different uh, Easter traditions in their own homes, they did that. They posted and tagged shades and it, it was just a cool visual way of being able to see, Hey, I may be at home and not physically with my brothers and sisters in Christ but we're all still walking and journeying through this thing together. So definitely, definitely do that. Awesome. Well, you have been listening to Shades Midweek. We'll have another episode next week. See you then.